Yo, 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 yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host, Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We're here, back in the building, baby, and we better than ever. And we want to talk about week three. We've got a lot to preview on that. We also want to talk about the first game of week three. Last week, it was Knicks Eagles. This week, it was my 49ers. They open up week three of the NFL on Prime Video with a 30-12 victory over the New York Giants. This game didn't go the way most 49er fans saw it going, but they'll still take the win nonetheless. We will talk about what we saw, um, you know, what do we think about the 49ers, and, you know, and the New York Giants, you know, like, are they in trouble now uh, at 1-2 and two in the NFC East, with it being as deep as it is. I have something to tell you about the Washington Commanders also, something that you may already know yourself. So, this this loss for the Giants, of course, it was expected by most people in the NFL, um, you know, world. But at the same time, they're one and two, and they really can't afford that. Also, breaking news from earlier Thursday, where Trey, Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL in a one-on-one drill in practice. Ouch. So now he's done for the season, more than likely here. And, um, hey, we, we will ask, you know, Terrence and Nick, what... Where how are the Cowboys? Are they how significant is this injury? Does it make the Cowboys worse? Or are they are they going to be fine? One thing about the Cowboys, they get a lot of pressure, and if you can do that, that does help the back end. But man, that that guy created turnovers, and that's something that they don't have anymore. So we'll we'll carve into that. And uh, again, the Miami Dolphins uh, coming into Week Three, we'll preview them and their matchup this weekend against a desperate. Um, I, hold on. I think they're desperate. The team that they're playing, the Miami, the Miami Dolphins are playing. Yes, a desperate zero uh, two Denver Broncos. So we will preview that one. And uh, just again, how dangerous are the Dolphins? I'm starting to hear other people say what I've said about the Dolphins and Niners in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I'll also have my flaws. I'll say what I have to say about the Niners and congratulate them at the same time for the win, guys. Let's start right there. Um, was there somebody else? that was injured um, on the news. We'll get to it. But guys, first, I just want to ask you all, how are you doing before we get started? Uh, I'm doing great. I uh, I, I think Nick was a little closer on his parlay than I was, so he might not be doing as well as I am, but I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, that that shitty streak is is, is still alive, unfortunately. Man, Prada came up about, uh, what, about 30 yards short, 33 yards short or so. So, uh, yeah, another loss for me, unfortunately, uh, in the parlay game. But, hey, there's always Sunday. There's always Sunday. That's right. And Saturday. That's right. And, and speaking of... And, and Monday night. Speaking of Sunday, we're going to be seeing Cam Akers, who was traded from the Rams to the Vikings. He will be a Viking probably this Sunday. And they, they have a big game at 0-2 going against the 0-2 Chargers. We'll break that one down later. Just wanted to mention that. That's why Cam Akers didn't play on Sunday against the Niners this past Sunday because they were looking to trade him. Uh, we, I, 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 something. The team that gave him, just let the running back walk for nothing and up traded for a running back. Don't understand what they're doing there. There just seemed to be something off with Cam Makers and the Rams. The, this this goes back from early last season as well. Thought he was going to get moved then, but uh, they, they brought him back too fast from the Achilles injury. 
either or. Here we go. He, he's a Viking now, and we'll see how that works out. They do need a little help back there in the backfield with the Vikings. Uh, Deshaun Watson, um, he didn't look too good on Monday night. We're not going to recap week two, but I want to come back to something that I have said this early season. Like, mm, I was texting you guys week one, and then, you know, I let it be known after week one. Hey, all right, they got the dub, but eh, he didn't look like. When is he going to return to 2020, Deshaun Watson? The last that we saw when he was good. We'll get into that also. But first, guys, Thursday Night Football Prime video. The 49ers win 30-12 over the Giants. I don't know how you all saw that game going. We missed the the, the Monday episode, the Tuesday episode, I mean, where we uh, would have given our, uh, our picks. But um, tell me. What you all thought of the game from the Giants, from the Niners. Brock Purdy, he got off to a slow start. He uh, he had some good throws. He had some errant throws. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of passes were too high. Some passes were behind. He almost got Debo's head knocked off on one play. Uh, he usually doesn't put his receivers in harm's way, but there was a lot of pressure. Uh, Wink Martindale was bringing the pressure. They say the Giants are one of the most blitzing teams in the league, and it, it showed against us. Especially with our O-line, you know, they held up all right. But let's just talk about Purdy and the Niners and what you all expected. Uh, let's go with the NFC guy first, uh, Nick, because he, 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 he didn't think much of Trey at all. And this has nothing to do with Trey. But, you know, he, he thinks what the Niners have thought all along. Purdy is the man. He's their guy. But I've always questioned, hey, look, let's just see what he can do when he comes back. You know, once people have saw him, he looked pretty damn good in week one. Week two, didn't get to recap it, but he was off on a few deep balls that could have ended the game a long time ago. He missed those. Uh, he hit a few. He missed quite a few, though, tonight. So, just let's start with Nick first. Your take, Mr. Ely. Yeah, man. I thought it was a, uh, a roundly dominant performance by the 49ers, which is what I expected. Um, as I said, you know, before the season, I felt like the Giants were due to to kind of regress from the season they had last year, albeit they got, um, you know, beaten the playoffs, of course. But I, I, just, I didn't feel like they were – they had too many games that were too close last year for them to repeat um, the record that they had. And so I didn't expect them to be good, not to mention all of the issues with uh, with getting Saquon Barkley signed and everything else. There was just – it was too much going on with that team for me to feel confident about them going into the season. Um, and the 49ers, the only question was whether or not their quarterback will be back and he's been back and, and pretty much just as good as he was last year. Um, he went for 310 yards a night, two touchdowns, 25 for 37, uh, no turnovers um, on his behalf. And so, um, you know, I thought, I thought it was a down performance from the 49ers. I was surprised that uh, Trent Williams didn't get thrown out of the game. He did throw a punch um, on uh, one of the Rams, not Rams, excuse me, one of the uh, Giants defensive players there um, doing one of their little scrums. But he, he didn't get thrown out, so that was interesting. I'm curious to see if the league takes any action on that uh, this week uh, or in, in the 10 days between now and the next time the 49ers play. Uh, I'm not certainly not hoping for a suspension form or anything, but uh, you know, that's something that the league is, is definitely on top of. But uh, from the football perspective, the 49ers did pretty much what I expected them to do. Um, the Giants did what I expected them to do, with the exception of Matt Breida coming up about uh, 33 yards short of what I needed from him. So I was waiting on that. <laughs> Uh, but but look, we didn't get to pick this game. I don't think any any one of us would have picked the Giants 
to even really even come close. The Giants overachieved so much last season. The Giants should be in the sweet space with Caleb Williams. Yes. Uh, they clearly don't understand that they are a team that should be the sweet space for Caleb Williams. And that irritates me to my soul because there was a list that came out of the top, what, team, NRC teams. Were the Giants on that list? I believe the Giants were on that list. They were number eight. Something like that. I go yeah. right here. Um, I, I really hate the person that made that list because that's probably the only glaring error. Uh, and maybe they were just on that list because so many of the other NFC teams are underperforming. But let me tell you, the Giants are uh, six. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, to me, the Giants are at the bottom of the NFC. I think we will see that unfold by the end of the season. Uh, as far as Purdy, I think. Listen, I don't ever expect Purdy to hit every single throw. He was Mister Irrelevant for a reason. Uh, I don't think I'm going to grade Purdy on is how quick he gets the ball out. And that's pretty much it because I, I don't expect him to make every, especially on deep throws, I don't expect him to make every single deep throws. But from what I've seen, he seems to be pretty quick getting the ball out. And some of the deep throws down the sideline, uh, he hit IU going against Patrick Peterson a couple of times. Tonight he hit uh, uh, Debo against uh, the Giants court over there on a, on a beautiful deep ball. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. So listen, yeah, listen, if he can make throws like that, uh, there are a couple of more he probably could hit here or there. But he's doing everything that he's capable of doing, given his skill set, I, I believe. So I, 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 and I think he's, I think we all agree that he's greatly overachieved uh, so far to this point in his career. So I'm not, I'm not going to give him a, uh, a tough grade because of, uh, you know, what, what may be expected of a quarterback in his position, uh, the quarterback of a team that with, with Super Bowl aspirations, I'm grading him on the scale of Mr. Irrelevant, and he's going to pass that test just about every week, I think. I'm going to push back on that just a little bit before Jarvis hops in here. Ernie's starting to look the part, man. I, I got to be honest about it. Like, I, I get that you're still grading on the Mr. Irrelevant scale. It, it's getting pretty close to time to talk that scale out and, and to put him on a new one because uh, from what I'm seeing, I mean, it seems like his elbow's fine. Um, he's making, you know, most of the throws that he needs to make. Yeah, I mean, so if you, a lot of guys, the guy, they got his Mr. Irrelevant, generally doesn't make much of any of them. Um, and, and Purdy is looking the part. His teammates seem to believe in him. I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I think Purdy is, is pushing climbing the ranks when it comes to quarterbacks in the league. Um, and as far as the power rankings, I mean, Jesus Christ, the Giants is six right behind the Lions, Seahawks, Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys. Um, and then just ahead of the Bucks, uh, Commanders, Falcons, and Packers. Uh, the Saints are 2-0. and They're not on the list. Uh, the, the Bucks are undefeated. They're below the Giants. The Giants' only win was them making a comeback. Against yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what their rationale was for putting the Giants on the list. Who are, who are literally tanking. Like, they're, they're literally trying to lose games, the Cardinals are. So, the fact that the Giants came back and beat them is not something they should be all that proud of. Um, and certainly shouldn't have, uh, uh, you know, been a reason for them to be number six in the NFC. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. All right, well, uh, Terrence, I want to say that Terrence had a very good piece. Uh, that was a good take on uh, Brock Purdy. You know, his assessment of what he saw in, in the game. Uh, and, and Nick... Uh, 
I, I feel you too. Also, uh, you took it to another level, or just a little bit further than than Terrence. As far as you know, we passed the mystery relevancy. He has definitely, you know, overachieved that part and sort of, you know surpassed that part. And so, you know, hey, let's put him in another in another higher echelon. That's fine with me. Put him in another top tier, in another tier. That's that's okay. But again. Uh, I don't know if you all had more bathroom breaks than I did. I don't know if you went to go make a little bit more sense <laughs> during the game. But there were, uh, there were, he had some moments where he looked pretty bad. And then he comes back. He, the inconsistency is what I'm afraid of, is what I'm a little worried about. And I'm afraid that that will bite us in the ass when it matters the most. Brock Purdy sometimes, it seems, that he is the most, one of the most luckiest guys in the NFL when it comes to not throwing interceptions. But he comes so close to throwing so many. He could have thrown two or three tonight on Thursday night football. I don't know if y'all missed those plays or not. There were a lot of passes too high early on and behind. And uh, one of them, Kittle had to go block it to keep it from being intercepted. There was another pass where uh, Debo almost got his head knocked off. And there was another one where um, I think he was just able to, you know, like keep the other guy from catching it, the, uh, the, the defender. He will put it up there sometimes. But he does get rid of the ball quick, Terrence. You're right. Sometimes it's not always for the for the good thing, for the better. Uh, it's like, oh, shit, you know, like fingers crossed, um, you know. And some people, you know, they may they, – it can be some anxiety. It can be some heart issues. If you got heart issues, don't watch it sometimes because you never know where that ball is going to land up if you're a Niner fan, I'm telling you. Now, again, everything that you all said, I agree to a certain extent. But what I'm saying is my only worry is Purdy definitely can get rid of the ball. He definitely has the poise. He plays with high intensity. He just He's the leader amongst men in that huddle. Everybody buys into what he's doing. They like him. They rock with him. He's, he, he can take them, you know, back to that Super Bowl game. We, we believe that. So did Jimmy. What was, what was the one thing that kept us from winning it, though? Him overshooting Emmanuel Sanders on a big play that, could have possibly sealed the deal and we would be champions. And Mahomes would only have one Super Bowl, not two. And we as Niners would have six rings already. Looking for seven. But we don't have that. And as far as the that's the same thing from what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's Garoppolo 2.0. I'm just saying that he is inconsistent at times. But he makes more throws than Garoppolo when it comes to that back shoulder touchdown. The back shoulder fade that was lovely to Debo. I was I was I was glad that he got that in there. He needed that, and it blew the game open there. That's when it was like, okay, it's a wrap, thirty to twelve, or yeah, thirty to twelve. I believe is what it went up to at that time. But at one point, it was just twenty to twelve, and this was still kind of a game. And it was mainly because people are watching the film. Hey, let's get the ball out quick on offense before these guys come. They don't have to send a lot of pressure. You know, and then on the other side, it's, hey, the defense played well, but, I mean, the offense, it was all right. But, the, man, the, the Giants, they sent some pressure. They brought blitzes. Sometimes they would drop back and they would make Purdy think about it. Where are you going to go with it? I mean, it was, it was, it, I don't know, man. It was an average game, and it seems like this is just what we are, and this is what we're going to be, 30 points. Uh, you know, no, we're not going to turn it over, really, even though, again, he got away with a few once again. He's got to be the luckiest guy in the league for that. Um, but, man, I'll take the win, no doubt about it. I'm happy that we get the, that we got the win. And, and, and Purdy is, he is ready 
You know, he's about that life. He's ready for whatever. It's just, again, the limitations. As Terrence was referring to earlier, those are the things that could get us in in January. And that's the only thing that I worry about. In January, when it's time to make a play, there's not going to be a lot of that stuff in the middle. They were taking that away. They started to do the exact same thing on Thursday night, the New York Giants defense. Wing Martindale. So I'm just saying, like, at some point, there's going to have to be more of what he showed at the end to the pass to Debo. I'm not saying he can't do that, but he overshot Ayuk, Debo, and Jennings last week on big plays. Big plays. He did a little better than on Thursday night, but again, a lot of throws that was like, all right, does he need to settle down? Is it what? So again, he can definitely take us all the way. It's just, man, you know, when January gets here, the offense, I just wonder if Shanahan has anything else. Because when they take some things away, you saw a struggle for a while there. We would try a screen. Oh, that didn't work. All right, we'll go back to what we normally do. Let's try a screen again. That one did all right. Okay, that one didn't do so all right. I mean, I just didn't see a lot of, I didn't see a lot of, you know, creativity. As everybody loves to say that Shanahan is. And I'm just saying, we got the win, but damn. Uh, in January, it's going to get more serious than that. And I think it's going to come down to they're going to have to do a little bit more than that. We'll see. The running game is what kept us alive for the first half. And then we finally got away with it. But at one point, it was just Christian McCaffrey that was like, all right, guys, whenever y'all are ready to join me here, you know, let's let's win this game. That's what I saw. But, again, great assessment on Purdy, guys. I agree with you all. It's just, hey, man, when it comes down to it, I know what we can do. We're still another 12-win team, probably 13 again. But, damn, when we get there, man, he has to be better than that against the Dallas Cowboys with or without Diggs, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Speaking of quarterback assessments, guys, as we're going to get into week three here, the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. I know we've talked about it a little bit. We try not to be too hard on him. But I've talked to a few people who would tell me, man, watch out. This is it here. This is Justin Fields' year. This is the Bears. Watch out for those Bears. Justin is going to arrive here in his third year. And now they're telling me that they have nothing to say. When I asked them what's going on with them, what's happening? Is it him? Is it the Bears? They have nothing to say. Those were their exact words. Man, I ain't got nothing to say. That means nobody is making excuses for him anymore. That means that they just, it's something that they don't want to say. And it may not be positive. Guys, I'm going to ask you, as we get ready for week three in the NFL, the Bears are going to Kansas City. We can start right there. Wow, what's going to happen here? I mean, like the the head coach, the, the Bears have done some backwards things since Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky. And now, now fast forwarding all the way to here, we can't put it all on Justin Fields, I know. This this organization has did some twisted things, and they have not helped Justin Fields at all whatsoever. But Justin Fields has to take accountability for, you know, the the misses, the missed targets that I'm seeing with him too. One minute he was asked a question about his play, and his, his robotic play was the word, and he said, well, some of it has to do with coaching. I don't know. And then he, of course, he backpedaled a bit with that later or the next day saying that he would take full responsibility for whatever happens, even if it's just a drop pass, put it on him. It should be a pass. What the fans wanted to hear the second time around, but he didn't do it right the first time. So guys, he's blaming the coaches. The coaches are probably blaming him. 
What the hell is going on with the Bears and Justin Fields? If you could give your quick assessment on that, and then the prediction on the chance they have in Kansas City, Nick and then Terrence. Let's go. Well, I'm, I'm going to reverse the order. Let's go ahead and get the, the obvious part out of the way. Kansas, Kansas City is going to win the game. Um, <laughs> they are a 12.5 point favorite as of now. I would almost feel comfortable taking that. Um, as far as the the entire situation there in Chicago, um, obviously we had the breaking news uh, a day or two ago where their defensive coordinator stepped down um, due to some apparently some FBI raids on his home uh, for some disturbing material on his computer. Uh, filling in the blanks without them having actually confirmed it. That sounds like some child material um, is how I'm going to term that. And listeners do with that what you will. Uh, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's something less heinous than that. Um, but obviously the FBI is involved and, and raiding your house is certainly not a good thing, right? So, from a team chemistry standpoint, you know, having your defense coordinator having that going on is not helpful. That being said, Justin Fields definitely has to eat some of this. Um, you know, the, the Bears did go out and get DJ Moore and get Chase Claypool. Our BHS Chase Claypool hasn't turned out to be that great. Um, they have done some work o- across the offensive line. The defense has, has gotten some work. Uh, they, they, they've tried to put some pieces in place. Um, not, all of them have ne- not all of them have necessarily worked out. But even when the opportunities are there, Justin Fields is missing them. Um, and and I, I didn't want to have to be the one to say that, you know, going into the season, I was hopeful that he would show some progress. But, uh, I mean, there's there's a couple of people on Twitter who kind of break down the all-22s and look at some different things. And some of them obviously are, are nerds who have never touched the field in their life, and, and the things that they're pointing out are irrelevant. Um, and then some of them are legitimate. So, and, and there's enough of them that are legitimate from what I've seen that uh, caused me to worry about Justin Fields' future, whether he was in – um, you know, the, the terrible situation that he's in in Chicago or whether he was in a great situation in Cincinnati or Kansas City or Philly or somewhere um, or even in San Francisco. Uh, you know, it, it's just for what I'm seeing, he's he's not seeing the field in the way that you would think that a, that a quarterback who is supposed to be ascending into, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the better quarterbacks in the league, he's not seeing the field that way. And so um, it's not looking good for him. I, the Bears might need to also be in the, in the Caleb Williams slash Shadir Sanders sweepstakes. Hmm. And yes, I'm putting Shadir Sanders also in the, in the sweepstakes. It's going to be a hell of a sweepstakes, boy, for that dude. It, it is. That it, it, yeah, could be one hell of a quarterback <laughs> class. They say, they say the kid Drake May is supposed to be really good, too. And, uh, and uh, Michael Penix Jr., but I haven't watched much of those two guys. But Caleb and, and Shadir I've definitely seen, and they are as advertised. Yeah, I'm sure what it's looking like. T, what you got? Man, there's a lot. Uh, listen, if we if we take the Bears organization for what it's been the past, I don't know what, let's just say 10 years, uh, the one thing that we know is consistent is that the organization has been terrible from top to bottom. <clears throat> now, you, you throw Justin Fields into that, and we still get that same consistent theme with the organization just not being great. But, like, I, I also want to agree with a lot, a lot about what Nick said is that when there are plays to be made, Fields just hasn't made them. Now, I don't know if EDD makes 100% of those plays. Would that give them a different win-loss record, right? Like, would that actually improve their, their, their winning percentage? Probably not. But it would at least uh, make his case, make the case for, hey, this is not all in Fields. Um, at the end of the day, None of that matters because, and I think I've heard Lewis Riddick say this before, but 
Hey, it's always a short leash. It's going to be a short leash, one, because the, the, the league is always not for long, right? Uh, especially when you're a quarterback, and then on top of that, you're a black quarterback. Let's just call it for what it is. You don't get, you're not going to get a whole lot of time. Nobody, they don't have five years to try to develop you. You know, two, three at the absolute most, and then it's like, hey, what's next? Uh, so this year, whether we want to agree with it or not, it's more than likely to make a break for fields. Oh, yeah. It's not more than likely. It definitely is. No, no. And, and, and honestly, I got to be honest, right now it looks like a break. Uh, I think Fields is, is an incredible talent. I think Fields and Fields in the open field is very, very electric. Unfortunately, Fields is not making the throws he needs to make. Now, I'm still on the record of saying I don't think his receivers are that great. They really had a lot of faith in Claypool. I thought did they give him a second round pick for Claypool? Uh, yeah, whatever. They gave him a second round pick for Claypool uh, last season, like during the season for Pitt. Uh, you know, through Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I thought that was too much. I never saw that much in Claypool. He was just okay over there. And, uh, you know, there are some things they can do differently in the front office, but at the end of the day, Phil's got to make the plays. It's just that simple. You know, we, and not to compare him to Mahomes, you know, he gets to, he gets to square off against Mahomes this weekend, but we saw Mahomes win the Super Bowl essentially with no receivers. None of those guys were household names. Uh, you know, so Fields got to make the plays. However he does it, and people want to want to clown him for running the ball too much. But it comes down to it: you make the necessary plays. Screw what people have to say. So uh, you know, my advice to Fields will be: hey, if you have to pull that thing down and run, it's to me it's the exact same thing as 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 Kobe would say, Nick. Uh, it's like pass up. Why would I pass the ball? Well, they I have a better chance of making the shot than they do. Yeah. You know, so the. The ball in Fields' hands in open field is much better than him trying to throw in a, a, a deep cross of the clay pool. Who, to me, is just not good. Yeah, well, Keep the ball more. well, as you were saying, Terrence, about the the, the Chicago Bears and I mean, well, Mahomes and Justin Fields, the difference on you know those two and how they play without receivers. One thing Fields doesn't have. That Mahomes has not the receivers, but he's got Andy Reid, and I tell you, there's no RPOs. There's a lot of things that they did try and and, and worked actually last year. You know the the simple things that we know that Justin Fields is very good at using his legs. They they're not putting that or adding that into the offense anymore. They've kind of tucked that out, and they're saying that, hey, we got you this, we got you that. You've got, you know, you know, you got DJ Moore. I think they got a tackle or something like that. They drafted. Hey, look here, man. We want to keep you safe. No more running. Just do your job in the pocket. Well, that doesn't make him a dual-threat quarterback then, does it? You got to keep these RPOs in there, too, and mix it up a little bit. But he's got to do something that he's good at. So they're not helping Justin Fields, but Fields is missing some throws. He's looking right at some of these open targets, and for whatever reason, he's not he's not pulling the trigger. So both of them are to, be, uh, are to blame. And I got to tell you right now, if they do, you know, lose these next couple games, we know they probably will lose Sunday, although I wonder – there's so much talk about this, you know. That would be the that would be the biggest upset of the week if the the Bears went into Kansas City and won. I mean, I would put ten dollars on it just to see. You know, I don't know. You never know. They're really trashing these guys right now, and in the nicest way. And some of them are being so nice. And you just usually when they talk about this so much in the storyline, they turn that story around. 
you know, after Sunday. We'll see. Uh, but maybe not this Sunday. But I'm just saying, guys, if they go 0-3, do you give up? What if they can go 2-3, and though, after that? Or uh, 3-3. and I don't know when you say that's it. But Caleb Williams, if they do decide to say, fuck it, that's it, Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to Chicago, just like Justin Fields probably didn't want to go there. He was just glad to be drafted, though. It's all blowing up for the Chicago Bears. And, man, um, I saw a Chicago Bears fan today, and I felt sorry for him. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, he, he just he, he took it pretty good, though. He just said, not a good time to be a Chicago Bear. But, nonetheless, yes, I'm a, I'm a diehard Bear. And I said, man, I, I feel for you, man. And, you know, like, it's bad for the Bears right now. And I don't see any any sunny days ahead. I was afraid of this. I was telling our friend Kelvin Peterson, Terrence, man, I don't know, man. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but let me see it. I don't see it yet. I'm, I'm still waiting. All right. So, let's keep it moving, though. There's an interesting. There's a few interesting games on uh, week three Sunday. That was that, that one wasn't one of them, but we wanted to touch on, you know, Justin Fields and the Bears. I think we all can agree that the Chiefs will win. But knowing me, I may throw $10, $20 just to see, just in case. Just that game alone, depending on what it is or what it looks like. Well, I know exactly what it looks like. It's a, it's a plus 525, you know. I, I, call me crazy, but you just never know. The Chiefs don't look good offensively, even though we didn't break down what happened in week two. They beat the Jaguars, but it was the defense that was really just, that may be what saved the Chiefs for this year, So at least for the early part. We'll see. But let's go back to the top of the schedule. Uh, not that I'm going to go through all of them, but I think the Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions. Right now, the Falcons are 2-0. We don't know if that's for real or not. We don't know if they're really contenders or pretenders. It's early it's the first quarter. The Detroit Lions, they dropped the ball at home against Seattle, a game that most people thought they would win after beating the Chiefs, and the Seahawks came right back. So we got a 1-1 one one team with Detroit hosting the 2-0 Falcons. Well, I guess we're going to find out if the Falcons are real or not. Desmond Ritter has not looked bad in this young season, even though it has been against Carolina and um, against Green Bay, which is not a bad defense at all. Guys, let's start with the NFC guy first. That's Nick. Who do you have on this one? The Falcons are on a plus 140 on that money line. And um, it's a three-point spread as with Detroit as the favorite. Don't say the word. I'll go with the Falcons. Um, I was not quite as high on the Lions as I think you two were going into the season. Um, and I, I think this may be one they dropped. You're right, Desmond, Desmond Ritter. It's starting to look better than uh, than I thought he would, and than, uh, than a lot of people thought he would. Uh, the Falcons' defense has been surprisingly good. I, I'm gonna roll with the Falcons and get it done in a close one. Uh, I'm going with the Lions. I actually don't have a lot of faith in the River. I uh, I saw him play a little bit in that Green Bay game. I was not super impressed. Uh, I know they came out with a victory, but uh, and, and maybe this is me nitpicking, but. I, I think that uh, those two wins may very well be fluky. Uh, I know it's early in the season, but I do like the Lions, and I think the Lions will come out of the north, so at some point they got to put some wins together. Uh, rolling with the Lions against the Falcons. Well, I don't know about Desmond Ritter. I hadn't got to see much. He didn't look that impressive, though, when I was watching some of that game. And, uh, look, in Green Bay's defense, they had a lot of people out. Christian Watson, Aaron Jones. There were um, a few maybe out on defense as well. But yeah, as a matter of fact, I can remember the play that I remember seeing now. Uh, he threw a – it was a short play, and um, 
Uh, what's a cornerback? Jair, uh, Alexander. I mean, listen, Arizona Carter, he could still be running right now if he wanted to. Uh, but he literally tried to look off. I think it was a running back or something. He was he was on his way to his own, basically, but he just tried to make a move before he, before he secured a catch. Uh, so he dropped it. But it was an easy pick six. I'm, I'm, I'm not impressed by uh, Ritter. Uh, and I, I think the Falcons are probably a year away from being a decent team, to be honest. So I got to roll with the Lions on this. Well, I'm I will tell you who I am impressed by, and that's B. John Robinson. That dude can play. Yeah, that dude right there is he, a man amongst boys a lot of times. Uh, the moves he makes, listen, if you think you have some tackle, you better think again because he is going to put that foot in the ground and cut, and you'll be on the wrong side of the sports and highlight real quick. Okay. Very same quarters. He's good. He's good. B. John Robinson is good. He's good. I'm going with the Detroit Lions, not because I think they're the better team, but because I just don't need them to make me look bad. I've got them winning the AFC, the NFC North, and the only way they can do that is to start winning here. Uh, at 1-1, one and one, I think they go 2-1 here at home at a minus 166. I don't. I, hopefully they can cover um, the three points also. That's what I'm going to take a chance on. I know Atlanta. I think they're a little better than what Terrence may be saying. It's just I don't know about Ritter. But their schedule is quite nice to them this season. I'm telling you that now. But they can afford to lose this one. And um, I say both of these teams are 2-1 by the end of the day. All right, so the next one here, I am calling the upset alert as I'll start it off. We got the Buffalo Bills going into Washington to take on the Commanders. They are a minus 278. The spread is 6.5. If it goes up to 7, I think that people better run from that spread or take the plus seven or seven and a half or whatever it may end up being by Sunday. Right now it's plus six and a half for the commanders and I on the safe side would probably take that. But plus two twenty five, I can't tell you that I won't have that on one of my parlays on one of my what the hell picks. And I think that this would kind of be if the Bills lose to the commanders, Bill fans will be saying what the hell. The commanders have a good defense and They've got something to prove out there blowing that 18-point lead against the Broncos. Now, they did win the game, but they did blow that lead. I think they'll be trying their best to be on their P's and Q's. They know they've got even a more dominant um, offense and a quarterback. But this is a quarterback who scrambles and he makes plays and he tries to make plays and he does some stupid, foolish things sometimes. That's Josh Allen. I think that this defense is solid. I think that Eric Bieniemy is the man, and I think that he will be coaching the commanders if Ron Rivera decides to say, I'm going to hang it up. I think that's what he's there for anyway, in my opinion, to be the next head coach for Washington. His play calling has been good. Sam Howell, I didn't get to see much, but from what I was looking at, guys, he ain't that bad. I think I know now why Washington has sit and didn't make the call for Lamar Jackson like I thought they would or whoever else. I think they think that they've got their guy and he's good enough to open this offense up a little bit. Watch out. I'm calling the upset. Commanders win over the Bills just like Super Bowl 26. Yeah, uh, you, you talked about how uh, not bad Sam Howard is. Um, on the season, he's got 500 where you are passing to Josh Allen's 510 yards passing with Josh Allen having yeah, Josh Allen having uh, eight more tips <laughs> and three more interceptions, by the way. So, yeah, Sam Howell is not a bad quarterback. Uh, you also have to take into effect that um, uh, the enemy knows how to call plays against the Beatles. 
Uh, I am going to go out and just, let's just call it what it is. I am going for the upset. I think the commanders can play uh, tough enough defense. Josh Allen is going to be their best defensive player because he'll give the ball to the defense a couple of times just trying to do too much. Uh, if the commanders just can just, hey, play mistake-free football, which, of course, is always the case, right? You always want to play mistake-free football. I think they can get the tougher yards on the ground because they, they like to kind of pound the ball a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm rolling with the commanders. Right? I'll just take the full upset. Whatever the money line is, I'm going with it. Plus 225. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think the enemy factor, I think he's one. He's, he's very much helping Sam Howell out. Uh, and, and two, he, he got, he's got a lot of history with the Bills. Yeah. So taking all that into, into account, I'm, I am taking the commanders. Uh, and we'll just see what happens, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confident in that. All right, Nick. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to roll with the Bills to win the game. I think, it, I think it'll be a good game. I think the commanders have been better than, uh, better than a lot of people expected. Not me. Uh, I was one of those that, that thought the commanders would be pretty good with the addition of uh, Eric Bieniemy running the offense. Obviously, a uh, comeback win over the Cardinals and, and uh, holding on to a win, full win against the Broncos, that isn't necessarily uh, the biggest uh, biggest indicators of being a great team. Um, but I, th- I think that we'll have a good showing against the Bills this week, albeit in a loss. Um, particularly as, as Jarvis said, if that line goes to a, a seven or a seven and a half, I'd probably be looking to uh, to lay those points there with the uh, with the Commanders. All right, good stuff. Okay, so here we go. Me and Terrence agree with Washington getting the upset over Buffalo, and Nick is going to play it safe. However, he will be watching that spread. Uh, All right, so here's another one. Don't you know, ladies and gentlemen, that Tua has won like 10 straight games against Super Bowl head coaches? Well, he's got a chance to make it 11 on Sunday as they – Host their first home game of the season. They host the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton, a Super Bowl head coach, coming into town. The Broncos need this win, guys. The Broncos came back. I mean, not came back, but no, they blew the lead. Am I, I'm sorry. I said earlier that the Washington blew the lead. And then yeah. the one, it was Denver that blew the lead. I'm sorry. An 18-point lead, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And they blew it, and they lost the game. They got it back to overtime, and... That didn't work out. Um, the Hail Mary got them into overtime, and then, uh, no, no, it almost got them into overtime. They missed a two-point conversion, but it shouldn't have yep. came to that. Uh, Russell Wilson was not as good in the second half, but he has looked better in these first two games than, than he did all of last season under that other guy, Nathaniel Hackett. And um, so my whole thing is this, guys. Sean Payton has started to say some things as far as the plays getting out late, a little late, so he can't put all of that blame on him, put some of that on himself. But he's wanting to change the verbiage. He's actually probably going to, you know, give him a uh, a wrist, a wristband or whatever to, you know, to get the plays in. First is, you know, let's not, you know, let's stop taking pictures with the babies. And, you know, like, and, and now it's, I'm going to have to get this guy a wristband. He just can't get the plays out in time. I mean, I don't know how you all want to take this, but at 0-2, and the way they've lost these games to Washington and to Las Vegas, people might have looked at their schedule and thought that the Broncos would be 2-0. That's not the case. Now they're going up against one of the most most dangerous teams in my mind in the NFL, the Dolphins. We we understand that people are going to try to play the the two deep halves, the the two – 
the two deep covers, uh, two deep safeties or whatever, half shell. They're going to do that coverage. They're going to drop everybody back. They don't want Tyreek Hill to do what he did week one. Waddle, what he did in week one. I get it. Tua, nearly 500 passing yards. I get it. It still didn't work. Mac McDaniel knows how to still get it however he can get it. He'll take what you what you give them. The Broncos have a good defense. They do. And it's probably better than New England's. But, uh, guys, their offense just, even though it looks better, something's missing here. For whatever reason, they're not finishing. They're not getting the job done. And they just really don't do much in the second half. They've gotten off to good, hot starts but not so much finishing that way. So let's start with the AFC guy here, Terrence. I know you know more about the Broncos and the Dolphins probably than I do. What's your thoughts on this game? Who wins uh, quickly here? Because we're going to try to move on down on the schedule, T. But the Dolphins are minus 278. I'll be real brief about it. Listen, um, I think there was a stat last year where they they were winless in games that they didn't score more than 17 points. That has transitioned over into this year. But I think they lost both of those games. They lost they lost by a combined three points, if I'm not mistaken. They just flat out don't score enough. It's not about the defense. The, de- the defense plays solid. As a matter of fact, if they can stay on the field longer, the defense might be even better. The problem is they don't score enough. Miami scores a whole lot. Miami wins. Denver stars 0-3. Hmm. Yeah, the Broncos can need this win all they want to. Tell me they're going to get it, and I, I don't see that happening. Um, the Dolphins to this point. I need to say this. <laughs> right. Uh, the Dolphins to this point, uh, if I'm being completely transparent, probably look like the best team in the league, um, in my opinion. And uh, I, I don't see that stopping against the Broncos. If they can give up 35 points to the to the commanders, they can certainly give up 30 points to the Dolphins, and I don't think they're going to be able to match them. So Dolphins. Um, probably I think the spread I saw was six and a half. I'd probably take that with the Dolphins. That's exactly what it is, six and a half, and I'm going to take it too. Hey, this is my AFC team right here. This is my Super Bowl champs. I mean, my super my AFC champs, and I hope that they're a Super Bowl, um, a Super Bowl runner up, losing to my <laughs> Niners. Hopefully, but yeah, I, I like this team, and um, you know it didn't look pretty last week in, in Foxborough, but they got the job done, and they still kind of dominated their game. It just it just was a slow death for the Patriots. That's all. They chose it to be that way. If you drop them back, we'll go underneath and still get there slowly, but surely. And if you bring them back up to the line of scrimmage, hey, man, man, the man is a terrible mistake. We're going over the top, and we've got just the speed and the accurate quarterback to do it. If he stays healthy, they're the AFC champs, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the six and a half and the Dolphins to win. Uh, in South Beach, Three and oh. One another another note. A lot of people and I talked about the Dolphins defense on week one. They tighten that up on week two, sent some pressure. Things that I wanted Vic Fangio to do when he was a Niner. But I wanted to say this. Vic Fangio has always had a very good first season with his new team that he goes to as defensive coordinator. The first year, statistically, it's always the better year. It may dip a little bit after the first year, but the first year he gets the most out of his defense. You're starting to see that. You started to see it last Sunday night. And, uh, yeah, if he sends some of that pressure like he was doing against the Patriots when needed, you may see that also on Russell Wilson, and they may sick the dogs out on him. All right, so we're going to keep it pushing. 
Texans and Jaguars. I think we all think the Jaguars are probably going to get that. The Colts and the Ravens. Well, there's no Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think I think the Ravens can cover on that eight. I think we all take the Ravens there. Let's get to that Chargers and Vikings game real quick. Even though they're both winless. What I want to just ask you all about is the Chargers and Brandon Staley. Both teams are 0-2. Cam Akers is now a Viking. There's talks about, hey, if the Vikings keep losing, can the Jets get go get Kirk Cousins? Should that happen? Will it happen? Don't know if the Jets are gonna if the Jets lose another game here. They're at home against the Patriots. They're not favored to win at a plus one twenty. We'll get to that in a minute. But if they lose again at one and two, hey, to save their season, would they say, hey, Vikings, you're zero and three? Can we get Kirk Cousins, man? What will it take? How desperate would they be to get him, or would they just say, hey, man, this is a lost season? Screw it. We just better, you know. Pray and keep our fingers crossed that Aaron Rodgers comes back. So I say all of that to say this. Chargers, Vikings, uh, how is this going to end up, Terrence? You know, it's a, it's a tough one because I, I think you have two underachieving teams, right? I think the Chargers uh, have as much upside as anybody. They've got, they, they got great players at just about every position. But for some reason, they just can't finish games. And I don't know if that's something that's uh, that you can. It's a, it's almost a culture, and I don't think they have it. Third, I'm going to go with the Vikings and squeak out a late win, man, because Cousins never stops playing. He never stops playing, even though you know, in between the the, the opening kickoff and the and the and the final whistle, you know, there might be some some times in there where he's not playing as well. He's still not going to stop coming at you. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Vikings just because they seem to kind of have that never say die mentality. Where the Chargers, they underachieve. It's, it's hard to you really can't coach a lot of people in my in my opinion. It's a it's a culture. It's a culture that's going to change, and and I really think it changes with the head coach. And until they fix that, uh, they're going to lose a lot of games close. Yeah, I'm going to say something that I didn't think I, I didn't think I really would ever say, um, but especially not this early into this season. Justin Herbert may just be one of those guys that just doesn't get it done. Um, I mean, I, I've been on here, obviously, you know, lauding his talent, um, his, his arm strength and accuracy and ability to throw. You know, as far as a, as a talent, purely, I mean, he, he's right up there with Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, just purely as a, as a quarterback talent. Um, but the game that separates them is when when the when the chips are when the chips are down, Patrick Mahomes finds a way to get get it done, and that's why he's looked at the way he is. And Justin Herbert at this point just does not, um, you know, not only having obviously the meltdown they had last year in the playoffs against the Jaguars, um, but then just this past week, and I'm taking that one a little harder because of obviously my uh, in, my uh, parlay interest in the game, but they had no business losing that game to the Titans. Um, this past Sunday, and, and they had a chance to win it uh, late in uh, in regulation before it went to overtime, and Justin Herbert was not able to put the ball in the end zone and get the touchdown they needed, and they ended up with a field goal. Um, and it, it's just been multiple occasions where it just seems like he doesn't get it done um, when it's time to. We can point at some of the play calling at times, and we can point, you know, to maybe the defense didn't come through when it was needed at times. But at some point, you know, especially when you're the guy that's getting a 270 something million dollar contract, 
this stuff falls on you. And uh, and so I'm I'm starting to to uh, sign out Justin Herbert here just a little bit. Um, all that being said, going into this game, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on it. I can tell you that right now. But if I had to if I had to choose, I think I might still go with the Chargers to win it in a tough one. Uh, in a close win, but um, I, I don't say that with any high level of confidence for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, you know that that game is so close. Vegas doesn't even know who's going to win. I mean, the money line is minus one twelve for the Vikings, minus one away for the Chargers, and only a one point wow. favorite. One point favorite for the Vikings. I would just stay away. It's from not, it's not worth betting right there. It's not worth even betting on. No, it's not, to be honest with you. Uh, the over under is fifty four. So you know, if you want to take a, a crack at that. When they got it that high, it probably is going to go over. They think it's actually going to be that high, and I think it could be as well. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know who's going to win this game. But I'll just go with the clean sweep here, and I'll take the Vikings also because why not and what the hell? I said Staley's going to get fired, and, hey, what better way to get him fired quicker with an 0-3 start? It could just be, you know, his time could be a lot shorter than people expected this season here. Um so, you know, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings also. Cam Makers is in town. He may not get it going immediately, but later in the game, he may get some some plays where it's like, okay, we, an, extra, an extra talent in the backfield, we could use this. And Justin Jefferson, that'll be a good matchup to see what happens between him and J.C. Jackson. But give me the Vikes here on this one. And Staley in the hot seat. It just keeps – it's just going to it's gonna keep getting warmer and warmer after this right here. All right, Patriots and Jets – in New York, the Jets not looking good at all. They got spanked real good in Dallas. And, um, you know, hey, they're not really running the ball a lot, though, these days. That's not what I thought that the game plan would be going against one of the most fastest, physical, dominant defenses in the league. If not the best, the Cowboys, they did a lot of throwing. Zach Wilson, I don't know what you all think of him. And, you know, like we talked about, should they go get a veteran quarterback or not? They have not done that. The Jets and the Patriots. The Patriots are at one and no, the Patriots are 0 and 2. The Jets are 1 and 1. Man, Belichick's legacy and everything's on the line here. Let's start with the AFC guy first here. Uh, who 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 wins this game? Who you got? Uh, I, I got the Patriots. Uh, I don't have any confidence at all as that Wilson. I think your best bet to beating the Patriots is to come out and run the ball a lot. Belichick knows that, and he's going to make Zach Wilson have to beat them. Zach Wilson, to me, can't do it. Uh, I'm rolling with the Patriots. And are they favored in this game? The Patriots are favored by two and a half. I, I'll take them two and a half, for sure. I, I, I've got the Patriots in this one. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Patriots as well. Um, I, I don't have any faith in Zach Wilson. Uh, and the Patriots defense, um, you know, has shown to obviously still be, you know, kind of their, their strength, particularly in the post-Tom Brady era. Um, had very close games, both with my Eagles as well as the Dolphins that I lauded a little bit earlier. Um, and so if they can, you know, kind of have that effect and, and be that close with teams of that ilk, uh, I, I can see them definitely beating the Jets um, without Aaron Rodgers, obviously. So I'm going to take the Patriots. Uh, minus two and a half. Mm, sure, why not? Yep. We got another clean sweep here. I'll take the Patriots. And the spread also at the two and a half. I, I think they at least win this by a field goal. Uh, all right, Saints and Saints at Packers. Nick, who you got on that one? Oh, the Saints, man. What you mean? You know who I got? 
Derek freaking Carr, man. Oh, my God. I'm with Derek Carr. Of course. Um, yeah, man. I, I, seriously, I, I really am rolling with the Saints. I'm um, going to look at the line on this one here real quick. I can tell right it. now. It's uh, one and a half to Green Bay. Jordan Love has been better than I expected um, this year for sure. I definitely give him credit for that. Aaron Jones is expected to be back um, in the lineup this week. I believe he missed last week with a hamstring or ankle or something like that. But um, all that being said, I'm going with the Saints. I think they're starting to find some rhythm here. Uh, last week against, uh, I can't remember who they played this past week, um, the Panthers. Uh, last week at the Panthers, late in that game, I saw them kind of, it seemed like they started to kind of get some rhythm. Um, and catch some fire. I don't think, I think Kamara, I think this is the last game that Alvin Kamara is going to be, uh, suspended, um, which is good for them because I think they also just lost Jamal Williams for a number of weeks to an injury. And so, uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Saints to win it. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a close game, like I said, because Jordan Love has been better than, than I expected for sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to put my faith in Derek Carr to get it done. Yeah. You know? I'm actually rolling with the Packers. Uh, of course you because <laughs> I said it because I, I, I am still the only person on the Jordan Love fan club. Uh, the, the only one on the wagon. And I think that he just simply outplays Derek Carr. Uh, I think everyone else is pretty much a toss-up. I think the, the Saints do have better receivers, in my opinion. But I, I think Jordan Love is going to outplay Derek Carr so badly. Uh and we'll have to talk about this next time. You know, make sure you be here next week. But uh, I'm going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. Maybe even have a, uh, a breakout game. You know, maybe that'll start to get into more conversations after this game. Because I, I really like the guy. I think he's great. And I think he'll have a great performance against the Saints. All right. Well, I'm, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. I kind of, you know, kind of agree with you, Terrence. I just think that, look, the Saints are 2-0. They can afford to lose this one. I think the Packers' defense will favor in this game. I think it's a good, some good matchups that they will have going up against a Saint team without Alvin Kamara. You notice the Saints' offense starts to struggle early. They finally get into the rhythm of some things. Derek Carr takes a few shots, and now they've got this thing blown wide open for a minute. But it, it, was, it was a lot of times where it was like, all right, now are the Saints going to run away with this thing or not? And that's Monday night. That was this past Monday night against Carolina. And Carolina's not that good. But um, So I'm just saying, the Packers are a lot better than the Panthers. In Green Bay, I think the Packers get this dub. And I think that uh, at minus 122, I would take that. Forget the one and a half. And I'll just go with the money line. Uh, the Saints are at a plus 102. They definitely got a chance to win. But I just think... Both teams are two and one at the end of this one. Uh, Titans at Browns. Uh, before we talk about who wins, I just want to ask you all: How do you think the Browns are going to be first for the remainder of the season without Nick Chubb? They brought Kareem Hunt back in on a Wednesday and um, Wednesday or Thursday. He he's a Brown now. That's good. It's crazy how he still was available all this time and. How does fate works out? He's right back in Cleveland. It's like he's never left. Uh, but again, sh- prayers to uh, Nick Chubb. We heard that injury is pretty damn bad. And uh, it's the same leg or knee uh, where he hurt it at pretty bad in 2015 in Georgia. So, guys, uh, what's, what does this say for the Cleveland Browns season without him? The replacement looked to be pretty damn good on Monday night. Uh, Brown, I believe. But now Kareem Hunt is also back. They're at home against the Titans. 
Terrence, you're the AFC guy. The Browns are at a minus 166. What are you taking here? You know, first and foremost, speedy recovery Chubb, uh, to see if you, you put pictures of his college injury and his most recent NFL injury side by side, they very, very unfortunately look the same. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, he's recovered from it once. I, I hope he can do it again. I don't know about his football career, but I just hope that, you know, he's okay. First and foremost. Secondly, it's time for Deshaun Watson to earn some of that guaranteed money. He does not look good. Now, I, I don't believe he's got the best receivers in the world. But when you're paid like he's paid, hey, man, screw that. You got to go make some plays. It's just that simple. You got to go make some plays. And he's not making enough of them. Uh, with that being said, until he tells me he can make those plays that we're used to seeing him make, 2019, you know, a little before that, maybe, I am rolling with the Titans, who, you know, and every time he counts the Titans out, they come out and get a big win. So I roll with the Titans on this one. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Watson. And he can very well surprise me and have four touchdowns, 300 yards. But until he does that, I, I, am, I am saying that Watson is still not for the back. And I don't know if he can be for the back after the period of time that he spit out of football. Yeah, I do agree with you that it's time for him to start earning some of that money. Um, and I, I'm debating with myself here to decide if, if I need to quit being stubborn and, and give the Titans their credit. Um, but I, I'm going to stick to my stubbornness for now. So I'm going to roll with the Browns. Uh, in a, in a close one, the Browns are a three and a half point favorite, um, at home, which basically says that it's a, it's a pick em. Um, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Browns. Uh, as you said, the backup running back there. Did look pretty solid. Um, it's pretty easy to do behind that offensive line that Cleveland has. And so uh, I expect them to, to keep that up this week. Um, maybe Deshaun to start, start, starts to find some more rhythm um, with his receivers and his tight end, uh, David Njoku. And, and uh, one way or another, I think the Browns pull it out uh, in a close one. Not sure I would I would mess with the points on this one. Um, probably would just take them straight up if I, if I do it and put them on the parlay. We got another clean sweep, guys. I'm going to do the same thing. Plus 140 with the Titans. I like it. I think that they do this when they're not favored to win. Mike Vrabel is like the best top head coach as far as win-loss records when he's an underdog. I think he's won like 23, 24 of them in a row when he and his team is the underdog. They are again this week. I like their chances against the Browns for the same reason that you all do. I've been saying this. Since the offseason coming into the season after watching week one and then week two now, Deshaun Watson does not look like Deshaun Watson. In 2020, he led the league in passing yards. I don't know if that was system. I don't know if that was what the hell it was. Was Brandon Cooks there at the time? I don't know. I think D-Hop had already left. So it couldn't have been just D-Hop uh, for the reason for his success earlier on in his career. But, man, this doesn't look like him. And the Browns are stuck with that contract. It is fully guaranteed. Good luck with that if Deshaun doesn't show back up, the one that we know. Uh, I'm taking the Titans as well. I think that that defense is pretty good, but I think Kareem Hunt's going to need a couple of weeks to get back into football shape. And, um, yeah, he just seems to just, you know, like he'll, he'll do so. He'll make some plays and be like, oh, okay, there you go. That's Deshaun. And then, like, who the hell is that? So, yeah, taking the Titans again and another one. Now, 
Well, guys, I sent you all the text during week one, and I was saying maybe maybe he needs a massage, the reason why he's playing so tight uh, right now. And, uh, you know, who knows? But anyway, we got this next game here, and we try to run through uh, a full card of week three games. This is not that important to me. However, the Seahawks back at home hosting the Carolina Panthers coming off of their good win, their big win in Detroit. They're hosting the Panthers, but it's not going to be with Bryce Young. He is out of that game, and Andy Dalton will be starting for the Carolina Panthers. At plus six and a half, I will watch out for those for that spread right there. With Andy Dalton playing, the Seahawks may not win by a touchdown. If it goes up to a touchdown or seven and a half or so, yeah, I would run away from that. But anyway, the money line is minus 290, so Seattle's supposed to beat the Panthers, right? Nick? Seahawks. I'm not going to draw this one out. Uh, Bryce Young out. Didn't have a lot of high hopes for the Panthers anyways. Uh, Seahawks, I think, are, you know, after the first first week, that was kind of a disappointing loss. Um, Southern rebounded last week against the Lions, and I think they keep it going this week. Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks. Uh, I'm with you. I don't have a faith in Dawson. Uh, I don't know, man. Be careful, Robert. Be careful with that game, guys. I'm not saying it's a trap game for Seattle, but Andy Dalton's going to complete a lot more passes than Bryce Young did this past Monday night. I'm not calling him a bust, but he don't look. He doesn't look that good. And I know the Saints' defense is good, but he didn't look that good against Atlanta either. Um, look, you have to put your your quarterback out there. That's the best way for them to learn. I hadn't got to see much about what C.J. Stroud is doing over there in Houston. But Bryce Young, I hadn't saw anything that looks impressive at all. He didn't start completing any passes until they dropped back into a prevent when the game was over. That was garbage yards. With Andy Dalton being there, he's competent enough to at least move the chains and get some completions, and who knows where that would go. The Panthers aren't a bad team overall. They just need a quarterback. And, and we know Andy Dalton's not that guy, but, hey, he won some games for the Saints a few years back here when you, you didn't think he could do it. Like, all right, damn, Dalton. He's, he's doing enough. He's serviceable. So we'll see. Watch the spread on it. I'm taking Seattle also, but stay away from the spread if they go over seven here. Uh, now, the Bears and the Chiefs, we already went over. The Cowboys are going to Arizona at minus 650 for Dallas. Let's just take the 12 and a half. I think the Cowboys cover that against the Cardinals in Arizona, even though the Cardinals are not bad defensively. But um, we saw the meltdown they had against the Giants in that second half last week. I'm sure we're all going Dallas there. The Steelers and the Raiders on Sunday night. I don't want to talk about this game very long. The Steelers don't look good at all on offense. Terrence knows that also. They didn't. They shouldn't have won on Monday night, but I knew they would, and they did. But again, the defense can't hold them up every week, or can it, Terrence? Las Vegas Raiders host the Steelers. Uh, you know, they shouldn't have won Monday night, but you know why they did win? <laughs> the quarterback for the other team played absolutely terrible. Got, got two bad penalties to take them out of field goal range, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with Pittsburgh is that defense can still make big plays. Uh, and, and, you know, it's easy to say, hey, they're not good, they're not good. And, and they're not good. But you know what? The same way that the Chargers are a good team that loses games late, Pittsburgh is always a team that's going to be in it, and they have, always have a chance to win. 
But that being said, I'm still taking the Raiders. Maybe, you know, late-minute drives, late-minute field goal or something. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I will take the Raiders. That spread is I'm definitely – Say what? Two and a half uh, favorite. Raiders are two and a half favorites. Two and a half. Uh, that's tough. Yeah, I, I don't know about touching points on that, but I'll take the Raiders to win the game. All right. One minus 42, not bad. Uh, this is a tough one to pick. Um, like you said, you know, the, the Steelers defense um, definitely keeps them in a lot of games. TJ Watt um, still looks like one of, if not the best uh, defensive player in football. Um, for the Steelers, they haven't looked like much on offense. Obviously, their offensive line has looked very, very porous. Um, it's not not really helpful for Najee Harris or for Kenny Pickett. Um, all that being said, I think I'm going to roll with the Steelers as well um, in, a, in a very tight game. I think I think T.J. Watt probably makes a couple plays that make a difference in this one. Yeah, I damn near want to go there too. Plus one twenty for the Steelers looks good. But I'm going to say the Raiders here, man. The Raiders, they look pretty bad in Buffalo as the game went on down the stretch. Uh, I think that the Raiders have to bounce back from this. Josh Jacobs has not gotten the running game going. The Raiders had not gotten the running game going. This was the first game at home. They had to start off in Denver, got the win, then had to go all the way out east of Buffalo and got the, the beat down. It turned into a beat down. I think the first game at home, the Raiders will look better, look a little sharper. Now that now look out for TJ Watt. Yes, he's going up against another quarterback that can give you the ball a few times. He's good for two. But if he can only give them one, the Raiders will win and probably cover that two and a half. But I'm just gonna take the Raiders on the money line. All right. So here we go. This is what threw us off from not making an episode on Tuesday, and we apologize. But these Monday night games with these double headers, they're doing it again this week, and it kind of threw everybody off and just off schedule and off timing. And there was another game going on for about another hour or so afterwards. Like, well, oh, wait a minute, and I'm getting disease here. What happened? Here we go again. And I think I know what the problem is. I didn't see this on the schedule where they would do this more than once, but here it is. And I think the main thing is that Hollywood strike. ABC needs ratings, and they're pulling another one of these Monday night games while ESPN has the other. The first one on on ESPN, the Philadelphia Eagles, Knicks Eagles going into Tampa Bay to take on the surprising 2-0. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. Let's start with Nick, of course. The Eagles are five-point favorites on the spread. They're minus 218 on the money line, so I'm sure Nick will want to take that five uh, plus 180 for Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to ask this first, Nick, before you tell me who wins. I know you're going to say it's no big deal, but it, we forgot to talk about that little that little spat that A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts had last Thursday night football uh, in uh, at home where they beat the um, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Nick, uh, A.J. Brown was asked about that on Thursday, and he said that, you know, hey, emotions get high, yada, 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 but that doesn't mean that I have a beef with Jalen. Uh, now, the word beef, just the fact that the word beef was in that sentence or was asked that by a reporter, I'm not saying this is T.O. McNabb all over again. It wasn't nowhere near as bad as that, but, you know, it took a while for the Eagles to get it going. And, you know, you know, he was like, give me the damn ball. A.J. Brown, let it be known. Hey, I'm a diva too, damn it. And uh, Devontae Smith got a big one. I know they played a lot of five DBs, but, hey, give me a shot. Then he started to force it to him, and it didn't really work. He did get the touchdown, and it was tucked back. 
Nick, what's going on in Philly, man? Are y'all winning this game? And tell me there's nothing to worry about with AJ and Jalen. Of course there's nothing to worry about. As, as Stephen A. Smith would say, mere bag of shells. Um, you know, the two guys being competitive, AJ, you know, he denied that it was about his lack of targets. I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, but, you know, that being said, I don't necessarily mind him saying, hey, get, give me the ball. You know, and we saw, you know, on the, on the next three plays when he was throwing the ball, he, I think he caught two of them. Uh, one, obviously, for the touchdown that was called back. Um, but point being is that he was saying, hey, I'm a playmaker. Just give, give me a chance to make some plays. It happens during the game. You know, it, I, it's not a big deal to me. Um, Eagles cover the spread. You know, we went by more than five. I, I'm not too worried about it. Bucks have definitely been surprisingly good. Um, but I think their streak comes to an end this week. Uh, Eagles by more than five. Yeah, man, there's going to be a lot of green in uh, Baker Mayfield's face. <laughs> I don't know if he's facing kind of pressure he'll be facing against the Eagles this game. Uh, Eagles win, like, to be not close. All right. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, man, I tell you, this is a tough game. I think it's going to be tougher than what you all think. I'm staying away from the five. I'm going to go Buccaneers plus five, plus five there. I'm not going to go as crazy to say that the Buccaneers are going to win. But watch out. Ty Bowles and their defense, they're starting to look like they did last year. They're getting stops. They're, they're, the zone blitz is back. They're, they're, they're getting there, and they're, you know, they're, they're creating some, some bad things on defense. Watch out for that. It's, it's in Tampa. Uh, again, a new OC, a, a new DC. Sometimes it seems to take the Eagles time to get into these games and get it all figured out before they make the right adjustments. I'm not saying they won't make the right adjustments, but I'm going to stay away from that five. I think it's a bit too much. The Buccaneers, guys, look, somebody's got to win the NFC South. I don't know who it's going to be. And I'm not saying the Buccaneers have beaten anybody special. But um, Baker Mayfield hadn't looked bad. And not only that, Mike Evans, man, he's trying to play for, you know, somebody next year. And money-wise, since he's not getting the contract he wanted in Tampa, he's showing out. And he's he's definitely showing out with the numbers uh, from what I'm seeing. I don't know. By Sunday, I may go plus 180 Tampa, but right now I'm just going to stick at the plus five. I'm st- I will be watching Jalen Hurts and, uh, J- uh, damn, what's his name, A.J. Brown on Sunday. And I just, I mean, on Monday night, I just I just wonder. I don't know, man. They're getting some looks. They're getting some different looks here. Brian Flores said five DBs, none of that deep shit after the big play to Devontae Smith. And then, you know, a week before that, Belichick was throwing a lot of cover zero at him. I don't know. I just think that just maybe, just maybe, the Eagles may find out here that they paid Jalen Hurts a little bit too soon. We'll see. He doesn't look like he did last year. I will say that. And if they take away that damn quarterback sneak where they just, you know, let them keep pushing the pile and not blowing a whistle, and they, they needed a yard or an inch, and they just got three or four four yards out of it, if they take that away, that, well, you're tucking away Jalen Hurts' legs for the most part. They are doing some different things, and he looks a bit confused. I'll say the Eagles win, but I'm looking at that plus five for Tampa. All right, now the Monday, the later Monday night game, Rams at Bengals. Guys, I want to say this before you all make your picks. The 49ers struggled against the Rams. I know it's a, I know it's a division game, and I understand that Sean McVay wants to beat Shanahan oh so bad. But after nine straight tries in the regular season he still wasn't able to do that um but it wasn't easy the first half it was um like Stafford was having his way he was getting rid of the ball quick 
they made adjustments. Steve Wilkes made adjustments in, uh, in at, you know, at halftime, and they were able to, you know, press a little bit more, send some pressure, and uh, start closing in a little bit. But what I'm trying to say is this guy named, I think it's Akuna or Connor or something like that, whoever this receiver is for the Rams, he's got like 30 catches in the first two games, and he had 15 of those on us last Sunday. Watch out for that guy. And they traded Cal Makers, but they still seem to run the ball all right. And they're not as bad as people may have thought that they were going to be. Uh, they beat the they beat the Seahawks on week one. The Seahawks showed you they're still not a fluke. Maybe that game was for real. And again, they for for three quarters, they gave the 49ers everything they can handle. Before you all make your pick, I just wanted to let you all know that with Joe Burrow having his calf strain injury and, you know, um, which could turn into KD, like I said before, which could turn into Aaron Rodgers. He had a calf strain too in camp. This guy better sit down. He shouldn't have started these first two games. Because of those things, man, I, I, that's it. I've talked myself into it. I'm taking the Rams plus 130 straight, flat up like that. Guys, what's your take on the Rams and Bengals? That's the closeout week three in the NFL. I'm, I'm going to roll with the Bengals, um, provided, of course, that Joe Burrow is able to, to finish the game. Um, I'm going to roll with them. I think it's, it's high time for them to kind of get back, um, get back in the saddle and, and start to look, look like the team that we expected them to look like. Um, so I'm roll with the Bengals again with with the caveat that Joe Burrow is able to finish the game. Um, I, I think the Bengals are winning. Well, look, uh, Joe Burrow finishing or not, the Bengals are not, they, they are not look good with the exception of maybe one quarter uh, uh, this season so far. Uh, Rams have been surprisingly good, especially the receiver Nakua that Thomas was just talking about. And I want to go with the Rams based on that. They just they look more of themselves than the Beagles do. The Beagles don't look good at all to me. Uh, I think they've got some things to figure out. And I don't know if they figure about this week. So I'm going with the Rams. All right. So there it is. We pretty much broke down week three picks in the NFL. Now, I want to ask you guys something else here. Um... That's going to be a good one if the Rams can pull that off, too, on that plus. But I want to ask you guys something about the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about them playing the Cardinals. I didn't even talk about it. I just said I think we all got the Cowboys beating the Cardinals. But here's the biggest question for the Cowboys. This defense is pretty good. Damn it, it may be the best defense in the league. But I want to ask you all, with the loss of Trayvon Diggs, how much does this hurt the Dallas Cowboys, or do you think it hurts them at all? Oh, it definitely. Yeah, it, yeah, it hurts a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely gonna have an effect. I mean, you know, their defense uh, works. You know, it, it kind of works in sync with each other. Um, not only are they able to get a lot of pressure up front, but they but the pressure is also helped out by the fact that even in you know um, whether it's a, a single coverage or whether they've got any help on the back end, they're able to to kind of reroute those receivers or keep them covered for at least that extra half second or so. Um, you know, which helps the rush to be able to get there. And so with uh, with the guy at the level of Trayvon Diggs being out, um, it's going to be difficult for the Cowboys to go and just get somebody or, or call somebody up to replace him. Um, and so you, you may see a little bit of a drop-off from that, from that Dallas defense. Um, still think they're going to be a pretty good team. Uh, still think, you know, this week against the Cardinals, obviously they should, they should be just fine. Um, but uh, it's definitely going to have an effect here down the road. Yeah, the, uh, the the playmaking of Diggs in the uh, in the secondary, you can't make that up. Uh, they got goals against the ball. Maybe they can play safer 
but uh, the way Diaz creates turnovers, I think I think only J.C. Jackson had as many picks as he did uh, since he entered the league. That says a lot. They won't have that again until next year, so that's definitely going to hurt them, but they'll still be a very good defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're still, they're, they're definitely going to be a good defense, and I think that'll help the back end out with the pressure that they get from Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and all those guys and the speed that they still have. Gilmore still on one side. There's another guy that they think is competent enough that they'll move to the outside and they'll just slide this other guy in the corner. I can't think of his name right now. I mean in the slot. And the Cowboys may be just fine. Here's the thing that where the Cowboys are going to, you know, come up short at some point besides Dak Prescott if it's not him. I would say that it would pretty much be the fact that they're losing the turnover part, the turnovers. That's one thing that Trayvon Diggs does, and that is create turnovers. I mean, that's what he does. He had a pretty damn good start to this season, even though it was early. Um, So I can't say that the Cowboys aren't losing anything. I would just say that eh, as good as they are, the first two games of the season, Diggs, a Pro Bowl selection each of the last two years, he had already forced a fumble, intercepted a pass, and had three pass three pass breakups while being credited with six tackles for what is currently the number one ranked defense in yards and points per game. He has a lot to do with that, guys. So the fact that they're losing that, I think the turnovers, the creating turnovers and all of that, what, what, what makes the Cowboys so much more dominant that's what they're going to be missing. It may be some bend don't break drives now, thanks to him being out. And we'll see how that goes. I also want to give credit to Mike McCarthy with his play calling. He's taking it back to the days of Green Bay when him and Aaron Rodgers could get along. And he was competent enough to call plays for that offense, and it was working. Even though he had a lot of toys to play with at that time when they won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. But he's taking the Cowboys and Dak Prescott back to 2016, that rookie year. So I just wanted to say that this is the one time, thanks to Mike McCarthy and his play calling, I may not be able to use the term Dak is holding the Cowboys back that much this year. Even though if you have to dumb the defense down, I mean the offense down a bit, for the quarterback to succeed or not to mess up and give the ball to the other team as much, then yeah, then... Maybe he is kind of holding you back. But I'm just saying he's sticking to what his strength is. And that's running the damn ball. And they throw it when needed. And the Cowboys, before this injury, I'm not going to lie to you, they probably were overall the best team in the league. And that's with Dak being the quarterback. Uh, Before this injury, though, I don't know how this is going to play out, but we will see. Starting in Arizona. Uh, I also also wanted to say that one thing here to uh, Brandon Staley. The Chargers have been breaking the bank. Justin Herbert, Corey Lindsley, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and J.C. Jackson are all getting paid. That salary cap, uh, ranking by position, those guys are getting paid. It's time. There's no excuses for the Chargers to be 0-2, let alone 0-3. The seat's going to get warmer and warmer. For Staley, if he is not, uh, if he doesn't get a win here. Now, there was something else that I wanted to quickly discuss before we get out of here. Well, not, I wouldn't say discuss maybe, but uh, uh, let's see here. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? 
week three, week three, we're, we're almost getting done here. Uh, I would say this about the Denver Broncos also. The Broncos, if they go 0-3 against the, the Dolphins, they do have Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Jordan Love in the next three or four games before they're by. Um, now, they do got Patrick Mahomes twice in that time frame before the bye, but those are some wins that they could, you know, that they could pull out of the ass even if they do, you know, get to this 0-3 start. We'll see. Uh, oh, yeah, Black, uh, Chubb. Nick Chubb may have to have two surgeries. Uh, there was preliminary talk uh, of a second knee surgery that could take place several weeks after the first one. Uh, so I don't know, guys, about the career of Nick Chubb. I know right now that's not even important. We just, you know, you know, want him to get back to a speedy recovery. And uh, but man, it's not looking good. I wanted to also ask you all another thing. We talked about the Bengals and the Rams on Monday night, but my question to you is, real quick, knowing what we know about Burrow and his calf, do you think we'll ask it before anybody else because of what could happen later? Do you think the Bengals should sit Joe Burrow now at zero and two? You mean like for the year? No, no, no. Just just to get that calf right. Like, we thought that he probably – look, Jamar Chase said in the preseason that if Joe couldn't go for the first four or five weeks, we'd be all right. Because he's thinking that, well, we're going to have him when we need him the most later on in the year, but that's better than him coming in here not healthy and tearing something. Yeah. That is right. very well what could be about to happen. So I ask you, could he sit for two games looking at their schedule – could he sit for two or three weeks before he returns? If they could sneak some wins out here without him, or well, should they sit Burrow or not? Uh, I think they should consider it for sure. Uh, the last thing you want is to have somebody to, you know, pop an Achilles or whatever the case may be. And you know how those cash strains can be. Uh, before I risk that, yeah, I would sit him as long as I need to. I probably would have been more on that side of things if they hadn't started zero and two. Um, that being said, if they are going to consider it, now would be the time to do it. Um, like as we said, they got the Rams this week. They follow that with the Titans, the Cardinals, and, uh, and the Seahawks. Um, so those are games that could potentially be winnable. I don't know who their backup quarterback is, um, but those are games that could that I would have thought could have potentially potentially been winnable. Um, before seeing how poorly they've started this season, now certainly that thought comes into question. Um, and then once they finish that game against the, the Seahawks, then they got they got a bye week, and then they would go uh, to the 49ers. Bills will come to town. Texans, Ravens, Steelers, uh, Jaguars. You know, so the schedule definitely gets tougher after that. So if they're going to consider it now, is is the time to do it? Um, I don't see that being the case. Obviously, they got them out there practicing this week and getting ready to play the Rams on Monday night. And so uh, if nothing, you know, if he doesn't tweak it anymore. And I, I don't see where they're going to look to sit him. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, and also, uh, with, this, with the second wild card spot, you know, with the, with, with the second is the third wild card spot now, but with the extra wild card spot, it makes it a little more feasible to be able to do some things like that. Well, I, I, I'm going to say the reason, and the main reason why I asked about should you sit Joe Burrow is because when head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor, was asked about Joe Burrow's status, he said it's hard for me to say. So, I mean, he definitely has to be thinking what we're thinking or what I'm thinking. And maybe you may need to, you know, 
just hey, you don't want this thing to happen and where he's out for the season and our season is completely is a complete loss. And last but not least, I just want to briefly ask you all your thoughts on this. Uh, I think it was Bleacher Report that uh, had a little short article and basically they were saying uh, oh Kelly Oubre Jr. signed with the uh, Sixers the other day if anybody cares about that Kelly Oubre a 76er Um, yeah just I would throw that in looking at through some notes but yes there are rumors that Michael Parsons could be in MVP discussions people are just saying that already but my question to you is DPOY that definitely could be in his in his future, as Nick Bosa was last year. He's going for the bag just like Bosa. He's looking like he's – you see what he's been doing already this early season in just two weeks. So I'll ask you, is it is it is it an overreaction to say that Michael Parsons will be the DPOI and that Tua, this is according to Bleacher Report, that Tua Tagovailoa will be the damn MVP of the league? This is just, you know – this is just two weeks. Yeah, I mean it's super early, but if if two of things he has to continue playing like he is, absolutely without a doubt. Yeah, so, but both of them definitely are looking the part. You know, two games into the season, um, two I believe is leading the league in passing yards, and, and obviously is making plenty of explosive plays with uh, the likes of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So he, you know, with with the MVP having become almost exclusively a quarterback award. Uh, he's definitely definitely looking the part to this point. Uh, Michael Parsons actually said before the season that his goal is is to be more than just defensive player of the year and to be in that MVP conversation. Uh, he'd be the first defensive player since Lawrence Taylor, I believe, to win the award. Uh, I don't know that I see it happening for him necessarily this year, uh, but he certainly has the the ability to play on a level to where he can, he could be one of the guys to get. Um, considered for that, as much as I hate to say that, as an Eagles fan and a, and a lifelong Cowboy hater, um, he, he's got he's got the skills to do it. He's got the ability to do it. So, um, more power to him. He's, he definitely has, has looked great so far this season. If I had to bet on him to win uh, defensive player of the year now, I would probably take him for sure. Um, whether he win MVP uh, definitely remains to be seen. Uh huh. All right. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely say that. He, he, he could definitely definitely get there, maybe, if they keep playing the way they play. If Defenses are definitely going to have to figure out how they're going to play two in the Dolphins. But as far as uh, Micah Parsons, yes, I definitely could see DPOI. I also could see him winning the MVP. If we so happen to lose a Joe Burrow where he can't play, you know, the rest of the season, if, if something happens with that Achilles or that, 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 that strain, that calf strain gets worse. If, you know, the, the Chiefs offense, they're not looking that good at all. And um, Patrick Mahomes is only one man. You know, like there's ways where finally we could actually get a defensive player. I know if anybody is a fan of Bosa or Watt or um, whoever your favorite defensive player is, I know you would wish they would be in the discussion. But this may be the year where if a quarterback doesn't just have mind-blowing numbers, well, Parsons could not only be DPOI, but he could be MVP. We'll see. I wanted to also remind everyone, I, t- I know what I said about Brock Purdy. He had his ups and downs. We'll take it. He still threw 300 yards, something that doesn't happen a lot in 49er games. Uh, but he threw for 300-plus yards in the win against the Giants. And his main target, the real raw receiver on the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, was out. He had a shoulder injury that he suffered against the Rams. He still was gutsy, and he played in and out, came in and out, but he finished that game. I didn't think that he needed to play on a short week on a Thursday night with that shoulder injury. 
and he did not, and I'm glad that he didn't. Now he's got 10 more days, 11 more days off, and uh, he can ice up a little bit more. Going to need him for the long run. That probably also has a lot to do with, even though they were doing some things and sending some pressure at him, he didn't have one of the guys that he can trust the most, and that's B.A., and he wasn't there. When he comes back, if he's back, you know, at least 60%, 70%, this guy is still going to be a monster. This is this is contract gift for him also. So look for Brandon Ayuk to have a day. I was glad that Debo did get in the end zone and the way he got in the end zone. So I just wanted to just say that again. The Niners are fine. They're 3-0, and and I'm glad that they're 3-0. and I just, you know, hey, um, there are still some things that I would like to see on the defense for me to say. Teams are starting to drive a little bit too much on us, and it takes us a whole second half before we say, all right, let's tighten this thing up. Let's get some three and outs. Let's get out the field. I don't know. I know I said Steve Brooks will be a head coach here probably next year, another D.C. 49er that would do that. But I don't know. Like he, he, he He's doing all right. But I just think that we could um, mix some things up here because they're clearly trying to get rid of the ball in two seconds or less to, uh, you know, Avoid that pass rush. It started last week with the Rams and the Giants. Brian Dable kind of did the same thing, and it was starting to work. All right, so again, Purdy, to begin his career, fourth longest streak by any starting quarterback in the Super Bowl era to have eight consecutive regular season wins. And he has won every game that he started and finished. The only one that he didn't finish, well, we know how that went in Philly. So I just wanted to say that. I don't want people to think that I'm too bad on Purdy because I can also – I can give you his flaws, and I can also tell you what he does great about it. One thing he does do is fucking win. Bang, bang, Niner game. They're 3-0. and Next week, the 49ers, um, well, it's next week. It doesn't matter. I don't think I remember who they have anyway next, but I know after that, I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. I don't remember who it is next week, but uh, hey, let's get it. Football Sunday. Hope everybody listened to the picks. I hope everybody does what they do. And I hope they're lucky. I hope they're successful with the bets. But please bet responsibly. And uh, we're going to we're gonna pretty much close out. I don't have anything else. Nick, Terrence, uh, what say you? If I was taking a week off, he definitely can. Y'all got the Cardinals next. Cardinals next. Okay, great. Great. Cardinals next before the Cowboys. Not saying that it will be easy because it's still a division game, but that's that's good. Yeah, I am a good four and zero. Hopefully, then before Dallas comes into town. Uh, hey, uh, let's just hope that um, we do an episode next week. All of our teams are three and zero. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, I'll take a page from Nick's book. Now that you mention it, from what he said last week, I'll steal it this week. My Niners are the first team that's three and zero. We're the only team that's three and zero right now in the league. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Hey, the ninety minute mark has a uh, has approached us and uh, has approached on us, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, the Forty ers have a thirteen game win streak in the regular season. I didn't know that. We used to be terrible at home sometimes. That's the second longest uh, in team history for us. And uh, McCaffrey also got. A touchdown for the 12th straight game. Guys, keep putting them on your parlay. I know it's starting to get into the minus 205s and minus 210s because it's so automatic. But if you need one more thing for your parlay, Christian McCaffrey's touchdown in the end zone is automatic. 12 straight games with a touchdown. He just tied Jerry Rice for that record from way back when. Kudos to CMC. All right, we're out of here, guys. That's it. See you on 
next week on a Tuesday as we recap as we recap everything that goes on in week three in the hottest storylines. We will also get ready for basketball season is approaching. We'll let you know if there's anything to talk about with the uh, teams as they're about to make their way to training camp. And uh, whatever y'all do, man, be safe out there. Get over. Hey, keep on, guys.